Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win, including boosted same-game parlays for the upcoming NBA action after the football season. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive a special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's Bet $10, Win $200 offer. Just bet $10 and win $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. And let's get after it. Bet 10, win 200 is not available in Michigan. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan... 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Cowboy. Mm. Kyle Long, in studio today. We're going to talk about Tyreek Hill going to the Dolphins. All the wide receivers that have been traded the past couple weeks and the money they've received. Is this to his prove-it year? Deshaun in Cleveland, Matt Ryan in Indy, Marcus Mariota in Atlanta and Malcolm Butler back in New England. Chris and Kyle also go in-depth on O-line versus D-line, nonverbal communication that's imperative between teammates, and they talk the best pass-rushing duos in the NFL for the 2022 season. And on the end, we've got a mailbag. Y'all enjoy it. If you're going to get beat in the NIT, you do it spectacularly. And I got to say, that was spectacular. Getting Kihei Clark's shot thrown into the fourth row of a dead silent JPJ was, I get NIT basketball right now. I get it. A once raucous JPJ. It was a really neat crowd. In large part due to the Bonnies who traveled fans. Bonnies traveled up. They stood up the entire game. Where did they come from? It was so impressive. Up and to the right a little. Yeah. Somewhere. Like most of those schools. In right. There. And in St. Bonaventure, I will say, the, the Bonnies are a team befitting the NIT semis. And I, I mean that with all due disrespect. Like, that's where they belong. A Virginia, down year, fine, 21 wins, 7 above 500. But we're more of a, a national title type program. You sound like... A who blood, if you will. You're why people don't like Virginia. And the Bonnies are perfect there you in the You are garden. absolutely why people don't like the University of Virginia. Get a Xavier in there, some shit. Xavier's pretty good. Yeah, they're also either in the NIT semis or, or similarly bounced. Here's I don't know. I genius, stopped following it. The genius of the NIT is like you can always fall back on the fear of a the ki- a kid's fear of disrespecting the mecca of basketball. Like in the post game, like how excited are you? You might be at Madison Square Garden soon. Well, I'd rather be there for a concert. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like shit. I'm not going to disrespect this whole exercise. It ends at the mecca, so I took like it's a perfectly designed deal. It almost looked like St. Bonnie's wanted to win the NIT when they went back to the locker rooms. Yeah, 
five seniors playing major minutes for the Bonnies. Who am I to say maybe they should have had a even better good for year. you in college basketball in 2022? Five seniors playing. Oh yeah, good yeah, good for them. How'd good you, for you. How'd you like that last shot though? I told Reed, I go listen. I couldn't help but laugh. Like as a Virginia fan, like I'm already dead. I told you I have fan X. It's like a Xanax, but for fans. Oh, benzos. I have a benzo. I have a I have fan X, and it's lasted me since 2019. So nothing we do could possibly hurt my feelings. And it will last another lifetime. Lifetime. That's, I'm I, good. You might have seen it. I tweeted that um, credit where credit's due. I grew up a lot tonight. And that was in reference to bouncing back from the same Bonnie's yeah, loss within like 30 minutes. Good for you. Because yeah. usually, you know, it'd be it takes like a, a little while for a few days. Because, so. you know, I'm super fan 99. You are. And 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 to tie a bow on it, while yeah. we do have the best coach in the country, maybe the 5-7 guy to the hoop at late shot clock into game moments isn't that the That was my favorite part of the deal. Like Kihei Clark, who's had a great career at UVA. He's That's Champ. He's been polarizing for some people, like you know, streaky and all that. And me and Cowboy were talking about that, but like, I was like, here it comes his last shot. Maybe who can know for certain? And some of you motherfuckers are judging us for being in the NIT. Like, where's your national championship? Yeah. One thing later in the in the pod, we're gonna have Kyle Long in. Kyle Long, my brother, three-time Pro Bowler. Yeah, three-time Pro Bowler, big eye racer, very talented. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, very yeah. talented. Modesto, California. Hello. Why? Why not? Why? I didn't realize I was always going to get a why. There's often no no rhyme to the reason with the hello. Okay. Lay up line today. I'm going beat it, Michael Jackson, for two reasons. Number one, I turned it on earlier, and like you cannot not move when beat it comes on. I was Except- at a restaurant the other night. It's one. It's in that elite class of songs that like white people they start twitching when the song comes on and the other night i was at a great restaurant here locally called marigold shout out uh you didn't marigold, put that song marigold. did you huh? yeah marigold no. okay they started play, bill withers came on the shuffle use me everybody was jerking their neck in that motherfucker and it's the same thing with beat it so that's reason number one reason number two is guys let's just get along here a big NBA fan here, big NBA watcher. Last night I was terrified uh, to see Jimmy Butler and Udonis Haslam going at it, and Eric Spolstra in the middle of it. And I was gonna, I was gonna ask Matt to translate what the fuck happened last night. In the NFL, we don't have stuff like that. It's quick and it's over. It's Jonathan Allen punching Deron Payne in the face, and then it's over. The timeout, like they couldn't go back on the court. These guys were arguing so long. Yeah, the funny thing about it is they're in first place, too. Like, they're one of the best teams in the league, but it seems to me like people are kind of sick of Jimmy Butler. He has the reputation of being a little bit difficult. Like, Eric Spolstra is notoriously emotionless. Like, when Ray Allen hit that huge shot, he had no reaction. So to have him marching up and down the court saying, like, what are you trying to do, trying to fucking fight me? He seemed pretty pissed off. At one lip po- readers. Thank God for lip readers, because I really struggle to read lips. I really do. I, it's, it's one of my strengths. Okay, good. My favorite part of the video. What am I saying right now? <laughs> oh, nice. Well, one of my friends growing up was hearing impaired, and he would teach me how to read lips. Oh, hard right turn. No, no, <laughs> what? There's nothing. Nah. No, no, yeah, that's good. It was a good skill. Yeah. Forging the fire there. You had no choice. Yeah. No, it was so, a, it's a very cool school. It's a great skill. 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 I, I wish I had it, but like I'm watching last night trying to get to the bottom of what happened. I think I took away a couple things not knowing dick about the NBA. 
I know NBA fans are the most judgmental fans in, in all of America. Eric Spolstra has come a long way. Eric Spolstra, I remember when he started coaching, was the video guy. He was like Pat Riley's plant that everybody was like, really? And had no like clout. Seemed like having one of the biggest OGs in the NBA, like on your side, on the bench, is, is kind of a good sign. And then also, uh, just a cool customer. I feel like if you're an NBA coach and you didn't play in the NBA, you have to be a really cool customer. You know, because people are going to give it to you and people are going to tell you what to do. And it's less of like a football coach job where, you know, you set the, the tempo and, and the tone of what's going to happen in the building and you're making decisions. So I feel like he he came away from this looking pretty good. And Jimmy Butler, who I really like, he's friends with J.J. Redick. I want to like Jimmy Butler. But my first memory of making any judgment on Jimmy Butler was hearing him throw his Timberwolves teammates under the bus like years ago. Yeah, no, that's right. And like Eric Spolster is one of the most respected coaches in the game today. I, my favorite part of the video is when he realized he wanted to throw something, but he didn't have anything in his hands. So he goes and finds a clipboard and then throws it on the floor. And when you throw a clipboard in basketball, it's like throwing the, the fir- throwing first base as an umpire. Yeah, it's like or as a, a manager. It's rather. like the OC throwing the headset on the field, basically. You used Every to be able to them. take your suit jacket off and toss it behind the bench, but no longer now because we're on to the quarter polos and yeah. shit. I don't like that. But Udonis has them. Long ass finger, huh? Yeah, you. I mean, like when you people don't like a finger in their face, and UD's finger is about fourteen inches long. I mean, he just had that thing right in Jimmy Butler's face. And the thing about Udonis Haslam is I know him to be a badass. Like, you don't have to play in the NBA to know he's a badass. And and when you read the body language of people on the bench, it's always very telling, like, where they land on whatever's currently going on. And generally, nobody was having Jimmy Butler's side. That's not to say they're not going to get over it, because I know, like, interpersonally, teams are really resilient. But, I mean, didn't look great. No, Kyle Lowry just kind of walking away said it all. Now, what was some of the other lip reading that I missed? You said that, that or maybe it wasn't lip reading. This is just the NBA rumor mill, because I know you have access to that. Yeah, it's alleged that Jimmy Butler called Udonis Haslam a fucking cheerleader, and it's alleged that ah. Udonis Haslam mouthed to Jimmy Butler that Rachel Nichols saved his career. Spicy. <laughs> Maximum this league. league. <laughs> hey, uh, really spicy. That's a hot tamale. That's a uh, hot tamale right there. Um, That's a hot tamale. That's what that is. <laughs> I love the NBA. More of this. I mean, fuck. Hey, March 25th, uh, Beverly Cleary, the uh, Newberry medal-winning writer of children's and young adult fiction, died in the <laughs> year 2021. She died at the age of 104. In 1825, Rutger Jan Schimmel Pinnink, a Dutch politician, he was the grand pensionary of Batavia. He died at 63 on March the 25th. Keeps, and on March the 25th. rolling through him until I've heard of somebody. In 2005, American actress Jennifer Aniston filed for divorce from <laughs> actor and film <laughs> like, producer man, Brad Pitt. How did I miss that? Due to but irreconcilable differences. dating uh, a different celebrity and a half every six years months. of marriage. All right. Thank you for those death You're dates. You're welcome. This is really becoming a thing. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slowly but surely. Yeah. On to football, huh? Yeah, there's a there's a receiver arms race, more like a hands race. Am I right? That's good. You you were saving that one up. I, huh? I had written it down a, a bit earlier. Yeah. No, that was in your joke tree. What is 
I missed that. He called it a foot race, and he jumped in on the Tyreek stuff, the stuff we're holding for him. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle's trying to quietly sit in the studio and wait for his turn to come in in the B block. I told him, if there's anything really good that you want to hop in on, go ahead. But the Tyreek thing, I want to save a little bit on the bone for you for in, in the B block. I mean, to his credit, yeah, foot race. That's 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 probably that's the a funnier fucking, joke. That's than, a great joke. hands race. That's a, you know. that's a, that was a better joke. No, no, it was. All right, so... What's interesting about the Tyreek Hill thing is all this free agency stuff kind of reminds me of, uh, it's the cell phone thing. It's like, hey, I, you know, my kid's going to ask for a cell phone. I'm going to say, no, you can't have a cell phone. And then he's going to go to school and see that the other kids have cell phones. And then the kid has leverage. Uh, by the way, I heard of a really good, uh, I heard of a really good tactic. If you bribe your kid, like you can put your kid on salary. Uh, and the deal is, of course, that they don't get on social media. They don't have a cell phone. Like you, you pay them four figures a year. And and the the only stipulation is that they don't they don't access tech like a cell phone or social media. That's good. I saw a good tactic not long ago. Kids start screaming. You say stop screaming, or I'm going to call the cops. That was good. My friend did that yesterday. Yeah, you threatened to call the cops. It absolutely on them. worked. Yeah. So kids stop screaming. So I, I'm saying all this to say that's what free agency has become. Like Andy Reid didn't want to give Tyreek Hill a cell phone, but then he found out that it, one of the kids at school has a better deal. You know, well, he he gets he gets X. He's you know Christian Kirk's getting twenty million dollars a year. It sucks to be like a GM right now. It sucks to be like a head coach right now, trying to like manage your payroll because, as we know, every year in free agency, somebody you know sets the market for that year, or somebody benefits everybody else who's waiting in line to get that payday. But the the paydays have just become so astronomical. They've outpaced like I feel like they've outpaced the cap. And so when Christian Kirk goes down to Jacksonville and gets like 20 mil a year, then the trickle-down effect is you've got an angry Devontae Adams who the Packers never read up anyways early like they've done with Bakhtiari and other players, so he probably has a chip on his shoulder. And then he sees that money, he's like, let me get some of that money. And then he gets some of that money, and then Tyreek Hill's like, fuck this shit because I feel like I took a haircut on my last deal over something that I'm alleging didn't happen. So like, I think it's the perfect storm for the Chiefs and Tyreek Hill, but it's also something that we're gonna see more of is like, well, one of my classmates has a cell phone coach, you know, like, and then you gotta cave and give him his cell phone. And as for the trade, I, I worry about what, what Kansas City's offense looks like without Tyreek Hill, like that play he made in the Buffalo game, you know, all the long explosive, uh, you know, plays he's had as, as a Chief the first five, six years of his career. That's such a, a luxury. Like only one team in the NFL has that. It's not only having the burner that can go get it, but the perfect guy to get him the ball. And that's my biggest worry as far as like the Dolphins cashing in on this trade is they not only had to give up a ton of draft picks two years after Steven Ross is like, hey, we're not building through free agency anymore. We're not paying guys like Indomik and Sue to save our team. We're going to build through the draft. And then you you ship fucking seven picks to Kansas City, and who's the quarterback that's going to make the most of Tyreek Hill? You Teddy know? Bridgewater. Or, yeah, Teddy. well, Teddy Bridgewater might be your best bet. I, I feel like they're giving Tua everything he needs to sink or swim. I think Tua deserves a fair shake. Dolphin he hasn't pun. had a fair yeah dolphin pun. Uh, only this dolphin probably sinks. He's never had a fair shake. You know, he's been trotted out there with coordinators that weren't brought there for him. They were brought there for, uh, you know, play callers there for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He had to share the, you know, he had to go back and forth clipboard duty. They said out loud they didn't want him. Okay, this is Tua's year, and he's got Gasecki, he's got Jalen Waddle, 
He's got um, he's got Tyreek Hill now. Like that's a nightmare for teams figuring out how they're going to cover those two guys. Like put them in a bunch. That's Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, exactly. Cool Throne, Miles Gaskin, Miles Gaskin. So um, uh, sorry, cease and desist there. But um, I just look at that team. They're so fast. Even Teron Armstead uh, is fast. I mean, like I was on Michael Irvin's podcast yesterday and he made a great point. He's like, even Teron Armstead runs like a sub five forty. They are a fast football team, which is interesting to me. Cause I don't think of the, the Niners in that tree that, that McDaniel came from as being a fast football team. The Niners are a physical football team, but they're trying to win with speed there. And I think the rest of the division has to take notice. The one thing the 49ers did have the last four years, they led the NFL in uh, yak yards per yep. reception. Yep, yep. And they've got some guys that can get them yak. Tyreek obviously catching the ball in the seam. It can turn into a 60-yard play anytime. I think the most interesting thing about these trades is you look back, I don't think there's a great precedent for trading for a dynamic receiver if you don't have a number one, like a, a dynamic quarterback, like an elite quarterback, which I would say fairly... Uh, doesn't exist down there in Miami. Derek Carr and and North. Yeah, it's got to be Derek Carr and North. And like you know, look back the the past few uh, the past few big blockbuster wide receiver trades. Not a lot work out. And like, what is working out for the Dolphins? I think we always do this thing with trades. Um, immediately, we want to crown somebody. But like, what does winning this trade look like for the Dolphins? I'm not sure. I know the Chiefs can win this trade. They're going to have so many draft picks this year. It's a deep wide receiver class. There's no like, hey, you know, unquestionably uh, generational talent like that's in the top five that you got to go get. But it is a deep class. And I think the biggest wild card in this whole thing is Brett Veach, who's made great signings, who's made, you know, some solid draft picks, but some not so great. He's done things like bring Kyle Long in, mm. um, which is, you know, like I, I put that in the good column, but he's also had some misses. I just look at, this is like the spotlights on Brett Veach. If he can parlay these picks into something great, they'll win because they don't have to pay Tyreek Hill and they still have the best, maybe one of the best quarterback in the game, depending on how you look at it over the last four or five years. And you've still got Travis Kelsey and all this stuff. They started to figure out how to play the game more methodical late in the, the season last year. Um, they still need those big plays though. They needed them to beat Buffalo. Um, you're going to need them in the AFC to keep pace with a lot of these teams. Which is why it's a little curious, but I totally get it. And on the other side, I think Miami's got a big risk uh, coming their way because history tells me that this will not work out. Let Come. me ask you a question. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gusecki, Chase Edmonds, and Raheem Mostert, who runs the slowest 40? Uh, it's one of the running backs. It's either Gusecki or uh, Edmonds. Our right? answer is Edmonds, Chase Edmonds. Very well done. Chase Edmonds, 455. Yep. Yeah, Mike now Mostert Gusecki, can run. 454. Yeah, Moster can run. Not like either of those guys are slow. I mean, this is a very fast team. So look at these look at these trades in in, in recent history. Like o o Odell Beckham Jr. to the Browns did not work. Didn't work out. Odell Beckham Jr. to the Rams worked out. What what's the difference there? Quarterback. Quarterback. And you look at like uh, Randy Moss traded to the Raiders. Did that work out? Did not. Randy Moss traded to the Patriots. Mm. That worked out pretty much. So it's just all about the quarterback. Stephon Diggs would be another example. Stephon Diggs seems to be working out, but again, you got Josh Allen. You know, Hopkins is the one that right now we're weighing out, and Hopkins, ironically, is probably the um, one of the biggest uh, domino effect players that led to the thing we're going to talk about next, which is guaranteed contracts and Deshaun Watson. But 
I just think it's really interesting. Julio Jones, worth it or not? Nah. They didn't give up much, but probably not. No. Didn't help. Uh Uh-uh. So I think, you know, Tyreek Hill is a different player than a lot of guys I just described. I get why you make the move. Uh, And also a tough division to kind of seemingly go all in on or conference. You're in the AFC. What do you think it's going to take to get in the playoffs in the AFC? Like a wild card berth. It's going to take about seven years. Well, or it's going to take like 11 wins, dude. What do you think the magic number is to get into the wild card in the AFC this year? Look at that fucking conference, dude. Yeah. So if you're the Dolphins and you're looking from the outside in, maybe this move is more, you know, with a different quarterback in mind in a year because you'll have Tyreek Hill under contract then. You'll have Armstead under contract there. Then they might know what they're, they're going to do a year out. It's flashy, but the big, the biggest acquisition is probably the 3 linemen that, that Cincy added to shore that bad boy up. No Headlined by Lael Collins. Yeah, no question. I mean, like, uh, you know, Tyreek's going to make a lot of the news, but again, what does a win look like for Miami? I don't know that this, this puts them where they need to be, and it might not be worth it. Chiefs right now, in addition to Kelsey, Juju, McCole Hardman, Josh Gordon, Black SS with the navigation. Is that what it is? Black SS? SS. That's a car? Chevy. Okay. Justin Watson, Cornell Powell, Dieter Gehrig, Corey Coleman, those are all receivers. One little interesting detail about Tyreek Hill. I don't know what it means, and you know, maybe we could ask somebody who knows, but like yards per catch and yards per attempt, I think, for Tyreek are like lows since maybe his rookie year. Uh, I think I think the yards per catch went down to like eleven two from fourteen seven. The uh, attempts are down to like seven eight. You'd have to ask a wide receiver, but I'm just looking at the numbers here, being an analytics guy. You got to figure the Chiefs have a theory. It's not just that we can't afford him. It's also that maybe we we see a decline or a, a, although he, he hurts us in the short term, maybe he's not a necessity in the long term. So I just think it's interesting because Juju the other day we called him a big winner and I really liked the Chiefs for signing him. But of course they didn't know they weren't going to get this deal done. He looked like the perfect number two if you had a burner over the top. Yep. Now I don't know what the fuck Juju's going to be. MVS. So Cheetah's Great player. He's been maybe arguably the most dangerous receiver the last five, six years, but I don't know that it'll be the same in Miami. But and he's back home. About, you talked about uh, wide receiver contracts. Cooper Cup making 15.75. Stealing. Stealing. The Rams are stealing. But it's interesting because like when we talk about this, I brought up DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins and Bill Barnwell said this yesterday was kind of that first domino. Bill O'Brien saying, fuck this shit, and DeAndre Hopkins saying, like, I'm not playing here, uh, kind of becomes the first domino in a long line that leads to Deshaun Watson getting a, a guaranteed contract from the Browns. And like, listen, I've tried to keep it football with Deshaun Watson, which is, uh, as I've done this podcast maybe three, four times now since he's, since he's signed, it's gonna be really hard. Because we had another case pop up in another jurisdiction today in Texas uh, the civil cases are still pending. And this this popped into my head the other day, dude. If you're the NFL, they built a, a, basically a suspension-proof guarantee into his contract. So you might, if you're a Browns fan, you might not like that. And if you're an NFL fan, you're kind of looking at this thing saying, we, we've all but said out loud that we're going to spend this guy for about half a season. Isn't that an admission of guilt? You don't suspend people for no reason. Like, if he didn't do it, let him play. And if you think he did, maybe he shouldn't be playing. 
an eight game suspension like that's that's pretty bad so so i know that in the court of law and we've kind of gone down this road with domestic violence before but like there have been players that have played in the nfl after committing domestic violence i don't know of a single player that's done what he's alleged to have done that many times who's being acknowledged in some form or fashion as having done something i suppose wrong because he's getting suspended for eight games like that transgression would not you wouldn't come back in the nfl you know another thing i I realized this is just all about talent i mean we know that right it's how good are you that's how easy it is for you to 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 be resilient and stick in the league or come back when 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 you do something wrong or you're alleged to have done something wrong a perfect example of how people and even in the court of public opinion do this thing is you have steelers fans throwing darts at the browns right now like taking a moral high ground when they just just go to the Dave Damashek feed on Twitter. Dave it's Shaq, you're blinded by your big like I'm not saying Big Ben did anything but he was also alleged to have done something terrible. So it's so funny that in this division you now have two people wagging the finger at each other on different sides of a of a 15 year period over the same shit. It's just how good is the player and can the player help my team? There are going to be people who boycott the Browns but still love Odell Beckham Jr. And Odell Beckham Jr. is talking about, I'm going to the Browns to play with Deshaun Watson. It's going to be hard to just talk about Deshaun Watson, the football player, but I just wanted to say that because it doesn't quite sit right with me. Um, And I don't know if it will, like for the entire year. That's not to say I know he did something terrible, but it just seems like there's enough smoke. And if he's suspended, it feels like an admission of some level of guilt. Plex got two years for shooting himself. Incredible. But the guaranteed money thing is interesting, Mike, and I was going to ask you this. Like, I don't know how you imagine guaranteed money would finally be, I don't know, like uh, a thing in the NFL, and now it is. And most interestingly, it's a thing that, like, the first guy who, who got the biggest guaranteed contract did it because he did something wrong. Allegedly. Allegedly. Deshaun, five years, $230 million, all guaranteed, the most guaranteed money by $80 million. Incredible. Um, and this might honestly lead to a net positive, as hard as that is to, to say right now. Like, if players eventually are paid guarantees in the NFL, we're all going to feel like we won, but what a fucked up or, origin story. Um, like, it's just so interesting to me that I sat back five years ago and wondered if we'd ever get baseball money or guaranteed money, and this is how it came about happening, which makes perfect sense. You let the marketplace sort it out. You know, it's not in the CBA that you can't pay somebody guaranteed money. There's no rule. It's just a cell phone thing. Well, he's getting guaranteed money. Where's my cell phone? Dad. And and that's going to be the going rate. And Matt said something interesting earlier. He was like, well, I think it's only going to be the big money-making positions like quarterback and edge rusher. And I think in the beginning, yes. But eventually, enough of this, look what he's getting over there, like becomes the going rate. And it's like the teams are willing to take a risk on talent. Like in the NBA, the Nets will sign Kevin Durant off of an Achilles injury. Like they don't know if he's going to be healthy or not. Yeah. But they'll still pay him that guaranteed max contract. And I think like elite level talent in the NFL is the same way. Same thing. It's all, you know, how good are you? Like, as long as we know that in the NFL, like it's totally how good are you, dude? That's like, that's all we care about as fans and as the NFL. And even as media members, because there's going to be a lot of people who are going to get all high and mighty and act like they want to boycott the NFL, but they're collecting checks from the NFL. But there's also some fan bases that are inherently more desperate, you know, 
see Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, fuck, they've had a run of quarterbacks longer than Udonis Haslam's finger. Mm. Uh, you know, like of the Brandon Whedons of the world. Now you've got this all-world guy that all he does is erase the deficiencies of the people around you and you don't have a lot of deficiencies as a football team. How good is this team going to be down the stretch? If he gets suspended eight games, how awkward is his his re-entry in the league going to be and how great are the Browns going to be? And how fucking awkward is that going to be? I think the perfect storm for the NFL from a public image standpoint, if they go eight and nine and this thing blows over for a year, because we know people forget. People forget. The minute he goes out there and makes some plays, people are going to forget. Sort of. You just brought up Big Ben. Yeah, people forget. And then they remember. Okay. All right. When right. the next thing comes up. When you stop being so pliant in the pocket, people remember again. Exactly. Well, or, you know, Pittsburgh fans, uh, they have, they got the men in black flash thing. Right. Like, it's, uh, it didn't happen. Big Ben wins. And then the next thing you know, he's getting the shit kicked out of him in the, in the AFC divisional round. Mm-hmm. And they're giving him, uh, you know, one of those float parades and like mm-hmm. the whole deal. People forget at the end of the day. Yeah, they do. And it's all about, it's all about. The only time they remember is when a new version of it comes up and they can compare it to yeah, it. Yeah. And then you go back and that's why somebody like, uh, people catch strays, you know, but in this situation, um, that's a good way to put it. It's yeah. Like you're just sitting around, you're, you're just sitting around like, Boop. Worst all-time stray. Uh, we always bring it up on this show is when Devontae Adams is in the news right now. Was uh, he made some some allusion to the fact that we didn't have some? Uh, who was that guy who threw five picks? For hey, the, Peterman. Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman was just sitting at home minding his fucking business one day, and on Sports Center, Devontae Adams just he he caught a stray from the best receiver in football. Like Nathan Peterman was minding his business. What's that reference? Hey, Peterman. Uh. You got a cowboy um, sports movie. You got it. Office, no, space. office space. Office space. Office space. The the Diedrich ba- Bader, whatever his name is, knocks on the knocks on the. They got adjoining apartments. Yeah. Hey, Peterman. Uh, is that the guy with the handlebar yeah, yeah, mustache? Yeah, 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 yeah. What would you do if you had a million bucks? Two chicks at the same That's time. That's exactly right. <laughs> and then gives him some advice for jail. Five, if you had five hundred bucks, you could do that he in some said, places. Two chicks, same time. <laughs> Two chicks, same time. Nothing on his wall, just a couch. <laughs> that guy had a, guy had, that was a great character. He said, hey, go to Channel 19. They're showing titties right now. He said, breast exam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I can't get past the beating the shit out of a computer scene. That's all that's, you know, in my head. And then Milton with his stapler. And you'll catch Milton in some movies now. And oh, then. he's everywhere. Steven he's, Root. Yeah. He's like a legitimate actor these days. Yeah. Diedrich Bader, alive. A really good actor, too. Born in Alexandria, Virginia. December 24th, 1966. Here's another one about the Deshaun thing that's interesting. Had you thought about this? Carolina was in pursuit of this cap, even though they're going to they're gonna draft Kenny Pickett. We know that. Carolina was in hot pursuit of that. Didn't they take the Jerry Richardson statue down because he groped somebody? <laughs> yeah, Jeans Friday. And I'm all for that, so but we aren't we pursuing a guy with 22 civil cases out? That is America, guys. That is America. Does that signing bonus, does that hit the direct deposit like right away? I mm-hmm. think so. Mm-hmm. Um, $44 so, million, dollars, upon 965,000 signing. signing bonus. I mean, I hope one day we're all, like, fuck, dude. I've been joking about this, Kyle. I'm like, you might want to think about it, dude, coming back because these prove it deals. Chris, these prove it deals are I, out of I don't control. Know if I'm done. Yeah, I know. I know you're not, but there's Smart. a bit here. Smart. Are we going to bring Kyle? Are we recruiting Kyle Long onto? We'll give you a prove a deal here. I want Elon Musk to give me the neural link. 
What's that? The chip in your head? I feel like it could. Like, Isn't that what all the Elon Musk bros hate about the vaccine? They don't want a Bill Gates chip, but they want to. They want I don't follow the. I don't frequent those chat rooms. I don't think. Yeah. Last yeah, I heard, Kyle was like three twenty three, ripped. Yeah. Fast. Shredded. Yeah. Yeah. Shredded. Nasty. Jack, Jack yeah. Very oh, happy. Yesterday, yeah. you know what Kyle did? What? There was this. There was a guy that was about. You to know get what he fired. did? He was. About, he kicked him in the penis. He kicked him in the penis. <laughs> and it hurt it. And you know what he did? <laughs> you know what Kyle did yesterday? He was picking up trash for a homeless guy. Wow. Good for you. This is good no, for you. Was there? Cap. No, it was no cap. Good for you. Good yeah. for you, Kyle. Roback Activewear. Best way to describe Roback is best fit, best feel. When it comes to quality, Roback just blows it out of the park every time. First, Roback's new performance hoodies are a total game changer. Maybe the softest, stretchiest hoodies in the game. From college athletes to professionals, people can't take them off. The best part about wearing a Roback hoodie is when you see somebody else wearing one, you just give them that subtle nod because they know, they know what time it is. We're Roback guys or gals. Second, Roback's performance Q-zips bring a new meaning to the word comfortable. Perfect for a run around the block or a day at the office. If I'm feeling formal, they're the definition of versatile. Third, Roback's performance polos are the only polos we wear. Even if you're not a polo guy, I'm raising my hand here. These polos are perfect for a night out or a day on the links with your boys. I don't play golf either, but I like the polos. Their prints are fire. Trust us when we say the only polos we wear are Roback polos. Best part is NFL guys from all over the league are rocking Roback. From Bengals captain Sam Hubbard to our boy Quentin Nelson, it's fair to say they're taking over. They also have big sizes, big Q's wearing those things. So use the code GREENLIGHT on Roback.com for a generous 20% off your first order. That's spelled Roback, R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. That's 20% off your first order on all polos, Q-zips, hoodies, and tees with the code GREENLIGHT. They just released new gear for the spring, so go check them out at Roback.com. And then lastly, we've got uh, quarterback stuff. We said this on the pod. We've been saying this for a week, and not that it was a hot take that Matt Ryan in Indianapolis was where we wanted our buddy Matty Ice to go. And how? And what? What are the details on that deal? What are the deets on that deal? As if I haven't had three days to read the fine print. Three flights for the ice cubes on a private jet. I saw that. They call the kids the ice cubes. That's pretty awesome. Oh, he calls his kids the ice cubes. Well, at least oh, Instagram, Matty Ice. The, uh, the ice the Colts cubes have now. The nomenclature is ice cubes, I think. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. Jerseys made for them and everything. It was cool. Did you see the boys uh, uh, five of Coach Reich? It's like, hey, son, meet Coach Reich. It went and banged the guy's Oh, they hand. dapped him up hard? Yeah. Ballers. I mean, listen, Frank Reich. Little kid. Frank Reich, coach? Frank Reich's in a big prove it year, man. Um, just because we said this before, like, Carson's my guy. I promise you, he's gonna be cool. Like, you know when you invite somebody to a party, <laughs> and everybody's like, don't invite that guy. Or it's like a fourth couple on a, on a Mexico trip, yeah. and it's like, they're not crazy. I just feel like everybody was like, you sure, coach? And he was like, I'm positive. <laughs> and then they bring in Carson, and they basically copy and pasted the anonymous sourcing from Philly to write another article at the end of the year. So like, obviously, I, don't know what's going on with Carson, but like moving on from that, Frank Reich was supposed to have known what was going on with Carson, which means either he he changed a bit since we played in Philly, or Frank was just wrong and thought he could tame the beast. He couldn't, and now he's got to prove to his team um, that he can kind of like clean up that boo boo because Chris Ballard's the guy that like Chris Ballard as a GM, he's just the wolf of uh, he's the wolf from Pulp Fiction. He like buzz. Spaghetti all over the walls, I got it. Give me five minutes, a little Windex, I'll clean it up. Like, listen, 
they got Matt Ryan for like a third, right? They they Washington got Carson Wentz for two thirds. So all these messes that keep getting created in uh, in in Indy, like Chris Ballard's cleaned up after him. So I think Matt Matt Ryan's a great pickup for them. I think his arm strength isn't what it what it once was, but like the last two years, they haven't exactly had anybody throwing piss missiles. I mean, Carson's arm doesn't look like incredibly live to me. Philip Rivers' arm, you know, it was like year seventeen. Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan is an upgrade over year seventeen. Uh, Philip Rivers, respectfully, uh, Matt can still scoot and get you seven yards on third down. He's not that athletic. He's very old, but um, he can throw Easy. those intermediate balls, and they kind of live off that stuff. He can still go play action, and I think the smartest thing they did making uh was you seize the day with a great running back who's on a rookie deal you don't wait a year to go get somebody because as you know jonathan taylor in three years might not be the same commodity you gotta you gotta take advantage and i think matt ryan's the right guy for the job there and speaking of guaranteed he his two years and 53.9 million remaining on his atlanta deal Mm -hmm. are now fully guaranteed by the colts i mean Good, good things happen to good people. I'll put it that way. Sometimes. I mean, like, I know we haven't, that hadn't been the theme of the show, but like uh, every once in a while, uh, the blind squirrel that is the NFL uh, finds the nut. And the nut here is Matt Ryan getting paid and getting an opportunity to win one more time, dude. I just want to see him win one more time because I was on the other sideline of that Super Bowl and I felt for Matt Ryan. I felt for Matt Ryan. I came in the league with him. Uh, I think he's a great person. I think he's a great player and a great leader. And I think they'll find that out in Indy. And I hope that he gets his due because he, like, here's the difference between going to the Hall of Fame or not. Did you win a Super Bowl? Like, Matt Ryan's numbers are on pace with some Hall of Famers, even in this era of, like, inflated passing numbers. I think we'd, we'd look at him way differently if his defense didn't shit down their leg in the second half of that Super Bowl or if Devontae Freeman doesn't miss that block or you know holding. there's a hole yeah. yeah i mean like all the little things that happened in the second half none of them had to do with matt ryan so i i love matt i'm rooting for him it'll be interesting to see how they build that offense around him can i add one thing on the colts yeah real quick um so eric fisher came over from the chiefs he came over fresh off an achilles yeah still on crutches when he signed his deal with the colts he ended up playing a, a large you can check the number here but i think it was at least two-thirds of the season he yeah. started out playing yeah Playing next to Quentin Nelson, obviously that defensive front, Darius Leonard on the yeah. on the uh, in the middle ground there. Uh, that's a scary team. That's a team that going into last year when I signed with the Chiefs, I said that's going to be the team that we have we're going to have to beat. And lo and behold, Jonathan Taylor becomes Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. He's a, a nuclear weapon, mm-hmm. and with a healthy line which they didn't have, they have, no, jo- they have Jonathan Taylor who became Jonathan Taylor, who is a fucking yet. Moab, which is the mother of all backs. That's Jonathan yeah, Taylor. Moab. He hits you like a fuck. He's yeah. got the smiley face painted on the front yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Watch out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so my thing is, you were talking about play action. Matt Ryan, not the strongest arm at this point. Mm. They're going to be able to run the shit out of the ball, and a guy who has a real understanding of sending the front side of a play-action protection is Eric Fisher. He did it in Kansas City really well. I've seen it on film time and time yeah. again. I think he's going to be protecting on the left side. Jonathan Taylor's going to be able to run the ball and block backside DNs. And They're going to have a great deal going. And you said it. They're going to start the year healthy. You know, because Fisher was coming off the Achilles. The whole Quentin line Nelson, at the Quentin end. Nelson, Quentin Nelson had an ankle, I think, at the beginning of last year, like right before the, the opener. 
they're going to be healthy. This is their window. Their their clock has started, and they're on their sixth quarterback in six years. But but I, but indeed, Davis Mills. But Davis Mills, our guy down in Houston, thick neck, his long neck, is neck. so thick, bro. Did you see his neck? It's a cartoon. It's like Johnny Bravo ish. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill. What, Murderers Row. It lays prone. His neck is is thirty three percent wider. Like and the Jaguars just, are going to be more effective because they're going to know who players like Aaron Donald are this year. Yep, that'll help. They're that's going to that's the, be, they're gonna be a lot better. So that division might be tougher than you think. Yeah. That's good. That division might be, who are we forgetting? Yeah. I mean, you got the Texans, you got the Titans, you have uh, the Colts and is the, Jags. Any, the Jags. So, yeah, we, we hit them all. I mean, that's a good division to be in if you're in the AFC. The road's going to be tough. But they also added a piece on defense that we're going to talk about in a little bit in Unique. Or Yannick and Gakwe. Unique. Um, and uh, him rushing next to Buckner is going to be a lot of fun. Good player. So we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, in a bit. But NFC South shit show. Marcus. Oh, no. I'll give a shout out to I got, I'll give a shout out to Cornelius Lucas, who is the tackle for the Washington Commanders, who was a scout team player for the Bears. That our coach used to just like you know a guy that gets picked by the coach, and that's the guy that they're going to just. Wear out every yeah, day. Yeah, they're gonna. They're, they're gonna Cornelius was that too. guy, and by the way, Cornelius like six nine, like three thirty, nice. chillest guy. Never talked back. Nothing. Went to the Commanders, balled out for a few years. Got nine million dollars, I think, today or yesterday. Well, that's. I mean, he's got to protect Carson Wentz. So shout out to him. Shout out to Cornelius. Yeah. Yeah. One more thing is Marcus Mariota going to uh, the Falcons, uh, which is one of the most untalented teams in the NFL, respectfully. Um, and he's making about six five to do it. That's like akin to being a hedge fund guy and being like, I think I'll go be a crab fisherman for a year. Like, what is you're an NFL quarterback, dude? Are you sadistic? This team is is the cupboard is bare, dude. He hasn't seen the light of day in a few years. I'm he's not, been living in Vegas, so they have the smoked out windows. You never know if it's day or night. Yeah, you know he's from Hawaii. He's yeah. used to being. He's breathing that casino air. He's used to having sand between the toes, betwixt. Will, will his he toes. be tired in that flou- flowery branch air because he's used to that casino air? I he's think. Been, I think he will. I think it will be air. hopefully uh, the renaissance of Marcus Mariota. It doesn't have to be, you know, like a divisional round or anything like that. No, but I but think he has a good year. People take him seriously as a starting quarterback. That's your guy. And he's a great guy. He's an awesome And dude. I have his back any day, and I don't have to have his back because he's a good player. Prove it. Go play for the Falcons. He's a good player. You know Prove what? It. Oh, you love Marcus Mariota? Go him play for Cordero the Falcons. Him and Cordero Patterson, that'll be fun to watch. Go play for the Falcons yeah. if you Olamide really love Zacchaeus, your friend. Kyle Pitts. Olamide Zacchaeus. <sighs> Kyle Pitts, man. What about Olamide Zacchaeus? <laughs> Can't even spell it. Don't even want to try. Great player. Hey, I just like when it comes to Marcus Mariota, I was thinking it just hit me like a ton of bricks that holy shit, I hadn't seen him in a couple of years. Like, I don't think he'd been photographed. And all of a sudden, he has gray hair. He's a and guy that like, if you see him in person, he sneaks up on you on how like big and muscular yeah, he's, he is. Yeah, he's a big cat. He's a big cat. He's a big cat. But like, you know, when presidents come into office and they take oh, a picture the first day, the Obama picture. Yeah, what does that before and after look like? Yeah. Uh, Marcus Mariota, day one. You know, sitting in the Oval Office down there in Flowery Branch, like that's got to age you like reverse Benjamin Button. I think I, I hate to be a buzzkill and hit the re-record button, but I think he prefers uh, Marcus Mariota. No problem. We're not going to hit re-record. I just call him Ocho. Yeah, he's I, a big man. He's like a mansplainer, but with it's names. Okay. But he doesn't manspread while he does it. No, thankfully. Nice. The backup's Felipe Franks. I don't know if he could start in the ACC. Felipe Franks. No, but I mean Atlanta might draft a, a QB. 
Malik Willis, our guy, oh, Hall of Famer. Man. How about everybody late to the party on Malik Willis? Can you believe the that? The door is shut. Guys, we're at capacity. We're at capacity, all you ESPN heads. Dan Orlovsky all of a sudden loves Malik Willis. Uh, Dan, I know how to scout quarterbacks. I've been scouting this quarterback for fucking two years now. He's right down the road. We had Todd McShay and Jordan Reed. Nobody called us. They were, at, they were in Lynchburg the other day. Hour down the road. The Flames. Atlanta has eight overall and four in the top 74 picks. They're gonna, they they're called gonna, Jerry Falwell. They didn't call you. Jerry Falwell's dead, Kyle. Well, they tried to call him. Uh, well, it rang a while. Yeah. <laughs> you know the pool boy story? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I've heard. I know of the pool boy. Give me okay. the pool boy story. Pool boy story is that uh, one was of the a, Falwells has a pool boy. Yeah, Junior. And uh, the pool boy, Junebug, is uh, knows how to get to the uh, the bottom of the pool. Mm, the drain. So yeah, Jerry cool. can't get there. Jerry Junior can't get there. The pool boy, <laughs> he's good. he's like that German. Did you see the German Shepherd speaking of German Shepherds? GSDs. Hey, uh, German Shepherd stock just went up. You're, mm. you're, did you see that that dog getting thing out oh, of the pool, saving yeah. the kid the other Absolutely. day? Absolutely, it's incredible. I don't know if he saved the kid. He helped the kid. He helped the kid not fall into the pool. There were no pain. You know what though? Wait around for two months. That kid would have figured out how to get the. If you need a dog to save your kid from drowning in your koi pond, you might want to reevaluate. <sighs> yeah, like just be a parent. I'm impressed though. Your German Shepherd knows how to. I mean, the German Shepherd was wearing a diaper too. <laughs> Which is what like, people are not. Yeah, talking so about. like that's the. It's so like a, the German Shepherd can save people, but it can't shit safely. Well, no. The problem is that the parents are just that. What the, releasing that viral video is an admission of guilt as a parent, as a head of a household. You got your dog in a diaper and your kids playing around a a, a well. Yeah. That, that you're depending on your German Shepherd to save them from falling into. So wild. I hey, digress. I haven't, even Let's though I love German Shepherds, South. I haven't been listening for a couple minutes and okay. I'm just seeing a uh, March 22 mock. Evan Neal's dropping a bit. Love it. Five to the Giants. Giants, Evan Neal at five, Kayvon Thibodeau at seven. Love that. You love Sign- Kayvon at seven. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I don't know. Like seven love would it. be the place where I would take these edge guys. Do we I like Charles Cross or Evan Neal? We Evan like Evan Neal. Neal. We what, like Evan Neal. We like Charles out. Cross. Too. I haven't done a done a ton of film study, but I know you those are two of the big and, names, right? And, and listen yeah. to the Jordan Reed podcast. That there's Alabama, be... NC State, and there's Icky, yeah, from Miss NC State. State. Yep. That's right. Those are the yep. three tackles. Yep. yep, correct. Yep, and there's the you know obviously the big question now for the Jags is like, or any of these DNs game changers enough to take them at one? I personally don't think so. I think they're going to be good. Tell me about uh, Thibodeau. Thibodeau. I mean, like, I don't know enough about him. Oregon, you don't. You're not a big... No. I spent two years at junior college. Very talented, Kyle. Very talented. Very talented. There you go. Okay. Uh, NFC South, funniest division in football, though. Marcus Mariota's one quarterback. Uh, you've got... Jameis Winston. You've got Jameis Winston, who, like... <laughs> I mean, think about being uh, Dennis Allen, and it's a real estate question here. When you sell a house, a lot of times, is there like, uh, but you have to keep this thing... This comes with the house. Oh, it conveys, yes. Like a big piano that's We're like not going to the trouble of hauling that out. What's yeah. Taysom Hill? Because I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's so funny. It's that like Dennis a, Allen was like, they were like, You could be the head coach. He's like, Great, where do I sign? They were like, But you gotta keep the piano. I would say it's a, the hook for it, it's here. a big, it's a huge ass safe that you've lost the code to. It's just like <laughs> that's a great there. way to put it. This will not be useful to you in any way. Might be it's a Bitcoin it. computer with no password. Exactly. Dot ETH. We, dot ETH. There you go. 
but yeah, that 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 whole dynamic's gonna be funny as hell. And then you've got Carolina, and you don't know what you're gonna do there. And then and then you've got Tom Brady. So couldn't be any different. Tom Brady has the nicest house in the shittiest neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady has like a ten thousand square foot fucking palace, and it's just poverty everywhere around him. Uh, the NFC South is a shit show. All right, so Kyle. So we do have rumors of Odell Beckham headed back to the Browns. Uh, we've got Bobby Wagner visiting LA in division. If I'm Bobby Wagner, I sign with like the worst team possible that you could sign. Like if you're, if you're Pete Carroll and you're hoping he doesn't go in division or something, the, the, them not telling him that he was getting released. Like, I know that I'm kind of stuck on this thing, but I would make their lives hell if I was able. LA could be interesting for him. Malcolm Butler going back to uh, the Pats. The Pats got some good People love to go back. Like, there's no reason they they benched you for the Super Bowl. Like, during the National Anthem, they were like, nah, you're not playing. And you still go back and play for the Patriots. Like, the Patriots have something going on there that, that just keeps, like, people... They lead the league in 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 uh, in second stops. They cut Kyle Van Noy twice in a span of three years. I don't know what Bill's got up there. I mean, I was up there, but it ain't like that. Weren't you up there? Yeah, I was up there. It ain't like that. You'll be back. Yeah, I might be back. Chris Long signs a prove-it deal to be a fucking scout. You, you can, I was the, up there for one joint practice, and I want to go there. You were up there for one joint practice. That was the practice you fractured my rib. I told that story Malcolm yesterday. Butler got kicked out. Malcolm Butler got kicked out of that he practice. Said, Malcolm, with, you know the fucking rules. Yes. And Malcolm just walked out. No fighting <laughs> like, in practice. That's the most gangster shit I've ever seen. No fighting in practice. There was no arguing, nothing. I was like, damn, like you, when people Bill fight in New England, across. they just, yeah. Malcolm. You know the fucking rules. Yeah. And everybody was like, God damn, Bill Belichick. That's some G shit. Alshon Jeffrey and Malcolm were going at it. (laughs) Yeah. Do you remember how you broke my rib? Yes. You asshole. Don't run games. No, it wasn't a game. It was a pressure. It was a pressure. Pressure game to us, same. If a D end is going in the A gap or the B gap, that's a game. I got in your A gap. Yeah. I got got in your A gap. You got my rib gap. I felt that for about six weeks, so thank you very much, Kyle. All right, so we're going to do pass rush duos today. Great. There's so many in the NFL now. All of a sudden, it's like a Batman and Robin thing everywhere, and the AFC West is stacked. It's loaded. So really, the reason is somebody who played in the AFC West last year might play in it this year, might also be a podcaster for Jay Cutler, Chris Long. Might be in the NFC North. Might be in the NFC North. Mm. Bear down. When your business is starting its championship run, nothing matters more than finding and hiring the best team. With Indeed, you have the power to build a dynasty by hiring more MVPs faster. If you're hiring, you need Indeed, because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. Indeed makes it easy to hire great talent. According to Comscore, Indeed is the number one job site worldwide. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit 
to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire offer valid through March 31st. Go to indeed.com slash blue wire to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need indeed. Okay, Kyle. Mm. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Kyle. Kyle, you played in the in the AFC West, and we should have practiced done this. in the AFC West. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's good. <laughs> that's good shit. That's good shit right there. I got some of the best. No, yeah. no question. I mean, but technically, you got hurt. Anyways, Kyle, the Chiefs, mm-hmm. really good team. Probably sounded like a lot of fun to be a part of that team. And problematic nickname. Okay, but here's the deal, Kyle. Actually, I don't think it is. But continue. You play like locally in that in that market. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, like Chris Jones, like a lot of these players. I remember my first time being on a big time team. Like I'm not saying the Bears weren't big time, but that team has been there and done it. And like when you walk into a building like that, you're just like, wow. Did you feel that way? Yeah, and one thing that I did is I, sh- I showed up phase one right after our wedding. May first was the wedding. Phase one, I forget when it started, but it was shortly after. Mm. So our honeymoon was literally moving into a townhouse in the outskirts of Kansas City. Which and is romantic. We didn't have, we had a, a mattress on the floor and we got internet and we had an iPad. That's really all we had. So we watched the last dance in its entirety in prep. And I've been training so hard to come back for football. And I've been watching this documentary on MJ, which I, I didn't have the time to watch before. And it became apparent to me the sense of urgency in the moment when you walk into that locker room of, my God, all these guys are paid for. Yeah, They're all here. Yeah. They'll be here in the spring. They'll be yeah. here in training camp. Every single one of them mm-hmm. was there for OTAs, mini camp, every single day. Training camp, all those personalities, all those superstars, that's one thing that stood out to me. So when you asked me what the feeling was when I walked in was, they're all here. Well, and it's also like we exp- we know what we're doing here. Like there's no like, you know, a lot of NFL teams you're on, I would imagine, because I was on a few of them in one city, but like you have different expectations for the year. And usually coach will stand up there and be like, hey, we're gonna try to, our goal here is to play in the Super Bowl. And like a lot of times you're like, that sounds good. Uh, you know, I wanna be a, a professional basketball player too in my spare time, but looking around, I don't think it's like in the cards, coach. Not in Kansas City. Like Kansas City and a few teams in the NFL, like that goal is very realistic every year. And with the players that that y'all had there, I just, it had been crazy watching Patrick and Travis work every day and those guys on offense. Absolutely, and and the great thing is, Coach Reed, credit to him, Big Red, and I wanna talk about him before I talk about those guys. When you said the goal is to win the Super Bowl, yeah. You'd be amazed. The goal is we're going to dominate the AFC West. Right. That's the goal. So they're just like, hey, and when, you, the, and when you get there, they say, shit, you know what's next. We're going to change that verb. You know this what's year. next. It's going to be hard to dominate the. Uh, but you hear what I'm saying? Yes. And coach speak. I'm using dominate for lack of a better. Yeah. You know, they have their sights set on the target at hand. And uh, I think it was the Browns week one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, we're preparing for those teams that we're getting ready to play. But the thing that separates that team from other teams I've been on is the true star power, the 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 non faux confidence. Like like Patrick has to have this just... is real. This is real confidence. I mean, you see Travis throwing passes in the game. Right. You see Tyreek doing the same thing. I mean, you see Pat lining up in a number of different spots, throwing the ball behind his back. That stuff doesn't just happen. 
it's because at the end of the play, when the whistle's blown in practice, they're having fun. They're throwing the ball behind their back to each other across the field. Like, they're practicing this stuff. And the coaches let it happen because they say, let your personality show. Yeah. They know when to reel it in. Yeah. EB is like, hey, let's fucking go. Like, yeah. Really? Then keep the footballs off the ground. What do you think about Bienemy? Love Bienemy. I mean, guy. he was a player. You yeah. know, he was a guy who who carried the rock in the day and age that our dad played in. Yeah. And uh, you see clips of him carrying the ball. It looks like a different league. Eric Bienemy's a great guy. He's a short guy. He's built like I would say, like uh, if you took a hay bale and like cut it in half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's about EB. But yeah. he is the greatest guy to go to work with, and despite being short. Oh my goodness! And he loves making fun of short guys, like. You know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, our running back, great guy, funny guy. Is that why you guys drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire? I think EB's got a short guy thing, yeah. yeah. But yeah. also another guy who can do a number of things. Yeah. So I go back talking about the Chiefs. They practice hard. Travis practices so hard every yeah. day. Pat practices so hard. Yeah. If, if if there's a scramble in practice, he's putting his head down like he does when you know Romo's calling the game and he sprints to go. Romo pick, calls all y'all's fucking pick games. Up that by first the way, down. is what I realized. So let's talk about the AFC four four AFC title games in uh, in Arrowhead. Holy shit! And they're all loud. One you ring. Heard, one ring. I heard a, a divisional round game. I mean, that was incredible. I mean, that was one of the most fun games I've ever seen. Like. Pro sports, period. I mean, probably the best pro sporting event I've ever been to, not played in. It was that Bills game. Oh, yeah, incredible. Yeah, incredible. So the Grim Reaper. Uh, yeah, I mean, holy shit, Dad and I kept looking at each other up in the suite, like just heartbroken because we were like, "It's over. Mm. No, it's not over." No. Like, oh, this is the uh, this when is the Western Pat, Conference. When Pat starts walking up and down the side, the sideline, going. It's a mindset. You're like, oh my God, it is a mindset. It's yes, a mindset. Yes, whatever you say. It's it a is. mindset. That's what it is. And then he's like, boom, boom, boom. Um, does Travis Kelsey ever wear normal clothes? Like like yeah. casual clothes? Travis or? is the most comfortable human being in his skin that I've ever met. Yeah, that's good. Which yeah. is like the ultimate compliment. I really like somebody. Him. He's really like, like such him. a great teammate. Him and Jason are both very comfortable in their skin, but very different. Travis is such a good guy. Yeah. It's a classic nature versus nurture conversation with Travis and Jason. Came They're from awesome. the same family, dude. They're awesome. And the, the and Jason, uh, he gets on the airplane with a uh, gym bag that's twelve inches wide, and that's got all his stuff for the trip to whoever we're playing. He's wearing a, a team polo and some khakis. Yep, and some Dockers. And your guy is just suited and booted. He make Travis makes me want to be like better. You yeah. know what I mean? You yeah, hang out with a guy better. like that and you're like, God, I'm so middle of Get the a road. haircut every now and again. Like I'm that so guy's always got a road. great haircut. His beard is showers every day, probably. Showers every day. You got which which are you guys? Are you guys Travis Kelsey or Jason Kelsey? I don't know. I don't think there's a real I think we're just like our own. <laughs> just two guys. Yeah, just two guys. I'm the Jason Kelsey. Okay. <laughs> AFC West. A lot of good defensive players. Yeah. Uh holy shit. You've got pass rushers galore. You have really a duo everywhere. And I guess we could start there because you, you, you know, you being an offensive lineman, having played both positions, guard and tackle, you got a little bit of a taste of what it's like on the edge for a year or two. Like you know what blocking these guys is like. Um, obviously, you made your bones inside, but like, and I always say this, Kyle. I believe it's better for a rusher if you have a good tackle inside you than if the other end is good. What do you think? So you're saying it's better as a defensive end if you have a good. D tackle next I'll take to you a Fletcher as a, Cox next to as me. opposed to another rusher yeah. opposite. And and I agree with you because going into a game, you can plan and scheme as best you can for one or two guys, be it if they're opposite sides, that makes it a little bit more difficult because you can't slide to one. 
But if you have two guys next to one another, like I'll I'll tell you guys about playing Chris Long, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. That's a lot of guys. That's a lot of guys on one side. And then We'd you throw Michael we'd Bennett in, 40, in there. Yeah, we get in a 40 alignment, which is basically. That's an issue. Yeah. Or like when, when I was a young player playing at Seattle, they used to line up with Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill. Mm-hmm. The defensive tackle, and I'm putting air quotes up for those of you who can't see me, would be outside the offensive tackle. Right, that's that 40. And the defensive end would be three yards removed wider from him. Yep. And the tackle and the guard, it's such an awkward set. It's such an awkward pass set to do. The angles are really fucked up. And usually you zero up. You you take the other tackle, and he's going to be the balance-up guy. Yes. And the guy that occupies that side of the line. You bring the left guard over. You bring the center to block the defensive tackle. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the two guys outside the right side are handled by the right tackle, right guard. Which is tricky. Which is tricky. And again, like, uh, you know, BG used to, we, I'd say, what do you want? And somebody would say 40. And like, in that situation, when you have a really quick tackle, whether it's Fletcher or BG, you could start to play off them. They can play off you. And it really stresses an, uh, an offense. I look at this. You've got Bosa and Mac. Mac you've played with. Bosa you've played against. Max and Chandler, which is a really exciting one to watch. Cowboy Reed's team's got two two solid edge rushers now, and Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb, and then of course the Chiefs with Chris Jones and Frank Clark. But it's really, and this is no disrespect to Frank Clark because I think he's a really fun rusher, but Chris Jones <laughs> is the straw that stirs that drink. Like I know you practice against Chris Jones, like sum that up. And we've and we've seen it with with Chris Jones with other pairings. Other than Chris Frank yeah. Clark, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that had success yep. on the edge yep. last year. Yep. Um, Mike Dana, who's a rusher also from Michigan, mm-hmm. um, who was kind of our rotational rusher. He had some some success early when Frank was dealing with, I think it was hamstring or calf or something like that. But yes, to your point, Chris Jones is a whole nother can of worms. Who? Because he can line up at the three technique, and he can end up at the five. He can end up at the opposite A. Yeah. Any of those places, you have to keep your head on a swivel from guard, center, guard, for picks, for games, for anything. But for an edge rusher, having a guy as talented as Chris Jones inside, it lets That's you know you're I'm playing saying. one-on-one yeah. with that tackle. Yeah, no question. And Chris Jones is so interesting to me because he's a higher-cut guy. Sometimes he seems like he's playing high, but he's so strong and so twitchy his twitchiness, he doesn't look as twitchy as he is. And I remember when he came to the league, I was like, oh, that guy's a big, tall guy. Like, But he's uh, he's got some fucking juice. And he also just puts <clears throat> his hands on people and bench presses them in the weirdest the weirdest situation. His hand placement's funky, and he still pushes people He can people stand back. straight up and not lose any leverage. It makes zero sense from a physics standpoint, but he makes it happen. And you were talking about him being twitchy. A lot of people set up for a six foot six, two eighty five guy for power. Right. And he beats you with hands. He doesn't yeah. even touch you. Yeah. And yeah. he's at the quarterback. He knows how to get skinny. But so. if you if you want to challenge that part of him, he can turn that to power. Yep, no question about it. So, like, in that division, you've got a lot of great duos now. Um, I, I, I think my favorite duo, and if we were to rank the duos around the league, because I, I was starting to go down this list, Buckner and Gakwe. Um, you've got uh, you know Shaq and JPP. You've got Simmons and Landry. They just paid Landry in Tennessee. The chances of him busting, I said this the other day, as a, as a big pickup for them is low because as long as he stays healthy, he's got that guy right there in Jeffrey Simmons, who's an absolute he's fucking game wrecker. Who's an absolute game wrecker. So uh, you know you've got Hunter and Smith now, Z Smith up in Mi- Minneapolis, and um, Sweat and Young, some younger pairings. 
Bosa, Armstead, a ton of great duos in the NFL now. And if I forgot anybody, we will get to them. But I love Max Crosby because he's so disruptive. I always say this as a rusher, like he hits for average and power. A little more average than power because his sack numbers aren't like gaudy. But what he does is he's going to end up around the quarterback all the time. I think this year, depending on whose site you looked at, he had 30 hits or 20 hits, depending on which site. And it's funny, the variability between these sites and how they count hits. But 30 hits is a fuck ton of hits. I was a career hits and pressures guy. I don't think I ever had more than 25. And this guy was an absolute dog this year. That's why he got the attention he got. A guy that didn't get enough credit was Yannick Ngakwe, who's now in Indianapolis and part of a great pairing there with him and Buckner. So I love Max Crosby. I love Chandler Jones. And the thing about Chandler Jones, and you might agree with this, Kyle, is he's never been a guy who's just his 10-yard split is incredible. He's not this guy like a, 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 you know, a Josh Sweat in Philly where you're like, damn, I can hear him getting off the ball. He's so fast. It's Chandler's so smooth and he's such a technician that his style of rush will allow a team that's going to pay him big bucks to reap the benefits of having him well into his 30s. I really do believe that. If he can stay healthy, guys like that. He's like are, Durant. You don't lose. You can't block his shot. He's yeah. not doing anything spectacular, but he's 6'10. He can shoot any dribbles. So he's funky, dude. He's just funky, man. Like he's got a lot of. He's got the dip thing, so even though he's not getting off the ball, even though he's not burning off the ball and beating you the spot all the time, he can touch the ground and and dip. He also has great long arm stuff. So things that don't look violent, I promise you, it hurts that he's doing to you. But yeah, it doesn't look effort. It's like it, a martial it's artist. Effortless. Yeah, uh, coincidentally. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just comes natural to him. Yeah, we should have done martial arts. We would have been a lot better technicians, maybe. Yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> All we got was like, you know, like uh, grew up with brothers. Come in the off house. the ball. Um, okay, so if I had to rank them in the league, I'd probably put Max and Chandler up near the top. You know, like I'm looking at this. If I'm to do a top five, you cannot ignore TJ and Cam. TJ and Cam to me might be number one. TJ and Cam because you have such a dominant inside rusher, a guy who rushes with power but has damn near 10 sacks a year. It's incredible. And then TJ had 22 this year, so it's hard to ignore him. And Cam never leaves the field. Cam never leaves the field. Uh, Shaq and JPP, they had a down year last year, so I can't put them in the top five duo just based off of like last year and maybe like the, the way, you know, JPP's getting older now. I don't know how old he is. He's probably 32. Um, I'm not going to hold his age against him. I'm not putting Sweat and Young in there. They haven't done enough. Um, Zadarius Smith and, and, uh, and and Daniel or Daniel Hunter, Daniel Daniel, you better know his name because that motherfucker's really good. Best looking arms in football. Incredible arms. Oh, Miles Garrett, Khalil Mack, and Daniel Hunter. No, Miles is a little too bulky. And how about Miles Garrett isn't even on this list because there's not a duo there. Like how incredible is Miles Garrett? He just does all that by himself. And now I know they lost Ogan Joby last year, but he gets Chase Winovich this year to rush opposite. So. um Studio favorite. I'm putting, yeah, no, no, no. I'm putting Z Smith and Daniel Hunter in the top five. Both big I'm going to put dudes. Nick Bosa and uh, Armstead in the top five because I am totally sold on Nick Bosa now. It was not, I thought that the hype was a little bit much early uh, based on his production, but like, my God, he has been just a terror and he just can win so many different ways. He's so compact. He's tough to get hands on. Yeah. And if you do get hands on him, he's like rebar. Yeah. Rebar is dangerous. 
You don't like rebar. I've I don't heard like this rebar. Like twice one of in my, a week. I, I'm not a big fan of rebar. Could we do something else? Okay. There. I mean, I mean, just yeah. construction workers. Container homes. Is there something else with a 3D print? Because you know they'll leave the rebar up in the yard like that. That's the type of unlucky shit. That I, feel I feel like The like. Rock saved somebody in a movie where they were like stuck to a piece of rebar. He like ripped them off. Terminator of had some rebar through him. Yeah. Crazy. Did you know that? In Terminator, Schwarzenegger had some rebar through him. Go back and check that out. The dangers of rebar. I'm going Max and Chandler in my top five. Bosa and Armstead. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Hunter and Smith because I think Zadarius Smith. He played 18 snaps last year. They were fucking gorgeous. He was sitting at home with a bad back all year. Came out in the playoffs and just started dogging people. And Hunter's the most talented edge rusher in the league. Oof. He's more talented. Like you know, Miles Garrett has really put it together, but Hunter's got just as much talent. He runs like DK Metcalf. Bro, he's incredible. Yeah, he's incredible. The length, the speed, the whole thing. That leaves me Bosa and Mac. I think Mac has a big. Big rebound year this year. I think Bosa has a big rebound year this year. I think they're both really motivated. You play with Khalil Mack. What's that all about? So Khalil Mack, and I'm glad you asked, was one of the, like, honestly, the chillest, like, lowest heartbeat humans I've ever been around. Um, Talk slow, talk quiet, played loud and fast and hard. And I gather that Joey Bosa is a similar kind of guy. Yeah. And I think that those two will be able to feed off of one another. And as you know, sometimes you put two tinctures in the same mason jar and mm, mm. you get the wrong kind of fire. I think you might be cooking with gasoline out there in uh, in Southern California. I love, I love Joey Bosa. I feel like people forgot about Joey Bosa because Nick's been so good, but he's a totally different rusher. He's a technician. Uh, I'll put them in my top five. So right now I've got the Chargers. I've got the uh, I've got the Raiders. I've got the uh, I've got the Niners. I've got the Steelers. That's four. I got to find a fifth. It's really hard. I'm gonna put Hunter and Smith in there. And again, like Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard are awesome. They're awesome. They're gonna just miss the cut maybe. Um, I, I I just think Hunter and Smith are so talented. God, you're gonna leave out Simmons and Landry. I can't rank these things. We st- it's hard. We started out like trying to rank these duos. Like everybody's so good. Aaron Donald and anybody. Aaron Donald and anybody. Leonard Floyd. Aaron Donald and Gaines. There's so many good edge rush duos in the NFL right now. Do you have a favorite? My favorite is the one we were just discussing. The Chargers. Yep. They're gonna be playing with a ton of leads, and you have to understand going into my list. Chris is speaking purely defensive. You know, this is what a defensive end thinks about. Now, offensive linemen, I'm going to kind of give you a, a little bit of a taste. So the Chargers, they're going to play with a ton of leads. I think about two-minute drives, opportunities for sacks, opportunities for pressures. Um, Justin Herbert's in every single game. Um, and if he's not in the game, he's winning by 28. And Except they probably the Patriots came there. That was a tough one. But that's the theme there yeah. uh, with the Chargers. And as you know, rushers with leads get opportunities. Um, I have the Raiders at number two uh, because of what we talked about with Chandler, Max. Max is such a complete player. He's a guy that no matter how much film you watch, you're never going to be prepared enough because he's going to learn three more moves by the time they stopped recording that film and perfect them. And he's going to throw them at you like knives out of his shirt the whole game. And even if you do get him blocked or disrupted or slowed down enough to get the ball off or to get the back through, you're going to feel it. And it's going to be one of those things, particularly if you're a division opponent. It's tough to beat the guy once. It's extremely tough to beat him twice. And now you add Chandler Jones, who I think 
is the best rusher. I mean, in the last like what decade? He had, decade. He's had. I think he might have had. Up just from a with pure, the, not the, the, just from a pure green light, go get him. Yeah, Chandler Jones is a guy you don't want to line pod. up against. Greenlight Podcast. I'm sure he's a big fan. Um, okay. I don't know about all that. So guy. that's two. Indy. I have Indy. So turf, home field advantage. Got a lot of uh, a new stuff going on there that we talked about. Their running game is incredible. Um, teams are going to be forced to throw the ball against mm-hmm. them, uh, particularly late in games. I think that these guys are dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. That um, Buckner's a good player. Defoe. Nice. So nice. I'll tell you, nice. tell you a story about Defoe. Um, he played at Oregon, mm-hmm. and he was a freshman when I transferred in there as a senior. Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner were both incoming freshmen, and those are the guys that we had to block. It's also crazy that then they had to pick one in San Francisco. Yeah. Like, and by the way, Armstead's been really good there. He's, he's and has good. made them feel good about that, and it'd be hard to, you know. Two, two tremendous human beings as well, so I always root for Defoe. I always root for Eric with an A, Armstead. Um, yeah, gotta, and a K. Got a, and a K. Yeah. Yeah, that's another big deciding factor there in the name. Okay, so back to my list here. Okay, uh, we were talking Bengals. Okay, that is a hard place to block people. Cincinnati's loud. The jungle. I don't quite understand what they've done with their seats. Is it all green so it looks like a jungle? Is that what they're trying to do? It kind of feels like that when you're there. Trey Hendrickson, man, he's physical. Got great hands, man. Man, he's physical. And he's down to compete. I watched him and Orlando Brown go at it. How about Orlando Brown? I remember one of those plays in that playoff game. I saw Orlando Brown trap his arms down because a lot of times a lineman will trap. Like if we go... The rule with if you stick in a one-arm stab for people at home, that's like when we, we're, we look like we're speed rushing and we stick out one arm and try to push the player back with that one arm. You don't want to be out over your feet. And like Trey got out <laughs> over his feet a couple times and Orlando not only snatched that arm down, but then laid on top of him. And that is not a fun mattress to have on top of you, I would imagine. Orlando is one of the biggest human beings you'll ever see. And for him to just exert that much energy, it means that Trey was really pissing him off. Uh, Fun to watch that film. Trey's great. Hubbard is so much bigger in person. He's a real DN, dude. He's a real defensive end. Sam Hubbard is a real left end, dude. Yes. And that's why I love Sam Hubbard. He's a real left end. You know, he might not give you the flashiest numbers sometimes rushing, but he also had some big sacks in that game against y'all in the red zone. And, like, he hustles and the whole thing and play the run. So, I mean, I totally love them being on that list. And their offense sets them up. Again, it's a recurring theme, but points equate to sacks, equate to wins, equate to pressures. And I think the Bengals are going to be up a lot. And going back to the Leo Collins signing, things of that nature that help you off uh, offensively are going to help you out twofold defensively i think um the last one i had on my list before my honorable mention i actually had the bucks the bucks are number five on my list the bucks yeah because of how stout they are up the middle how fast they are at the second level and the same green light podcast mentality they do have that, that, green that they light are allowed mentality. to have on the edges what was the guaranteed number they gave vita Vea? vita got almost 34 million and you get him a veneer they gave that man some money and you All know right. what, Chris, Vita Vea, if you rush next to Vita Vea, how many sacks are you getting in a year if you're winning every game? I mean, at 37 years old, uh, I'll be... 26-year-old Chris Long. 37-year-old Chris Long get five. Okay. Yeah. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet... 
I got great news for you. WinBet is now offering $200 in free bets for new users. That's right, 200 big ones. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't pass it up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Chris, how much a boost do you give any of these duos for having played multiple years together? I think that's a big deal, dude. I really do. Um, it's one reason why I think Jeffrey Simmons and uh, Landry are going to work out well. You know, like AD and, and Floyd are going to have a real rapport here. I mean, that means a lot because, like, just in two years in Philly, I could tell you, and I could go back to St. Louis as a rusher, just speaking from experience. By the second year, me and Fletch didn't have to talk. Me and BG didn't have to talk. Like, we just look at each other and know what we were going to do. And a lot of the times, like, if you have a defensive line coach that gives you the latitude to to make calls up front, not just set the the front according to the back, where we identify the protection to be. If he gives you latitude to do that, you've got to be able to communicate non-verbally. Just look at each other and be like, yes. Because you see what times, I see, yes. We'll come to line and give fake calls to fucking with him. Like I'll come up and see if Kyle's looking at me, I'll be like, I'll say a T word, which would obviously be Twist, a, a, a tackle first end around game. Or I'll say an E word. Exit. We yeah. So the days of us just being like TT or EE or text and exit, like now we would have elaborate systems. Like if you said um, a, a band name, that's going to be you know a tackle first stunt. And if, second letter of the word is a T. It's it gets really complicated, dude. Like we and, started naming basketball. Like I would look at our right tackle and I would say LeBron, and that would be like jump jump shot. So I'd jump set. It's so interesting, just all the 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 secretive vernacular that goes yeah. on in the NFL, and you have to change it. You have to change it. Everything's week to on week. film, but it is. It's all about like your your comfort next to the person, and like also the style of rusher. Like me and Michael Bennett couldn't rush together. Like we had a ball off the field, but we'd get out there and like we. It was our first year, and we were both old guys doing whatever, and we're both rushers that like can go any direction. And that was tough for us because we're both counter rushers. Like Michael Bennett will jump in the A gap and then jump all the way back out into the B gap. Or Michael Bennett will be like, this this rush, I'm going to rush around the tackle, but I'm going to line up in a three technique. And I'll be like, what? With <laughs> Are you no going to warn me? On. Or I'd come in and spin and beat the tackle on the cleanest spin and we just run into right. each other. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? Like maybe if me and Mike had a couple more years, we'd have been better at it. Well, for tough me, if I'm trying to make a backside block mm-hmm. or a chip block yeah. or a chop block or a combo block you, or a crackback block you make chop or a blocks, cross or? block or a cut block or a cutoff block or a down block or even a drive block or a fold block or a kick out block or a log block or a reach block or a scoop block youth pastor or a scramble block or a second level block or a slip block or a stalk block or a trap block or a wedge block or a zone block for me, it's probably the two guys in Pittsburgh. It's Hayward and Watt. It's tough. Yeah. That's your Number favorite. Number one. That's yep. your favorite. Mm-hmm. Probably my favorite, too. The numbers say it. I mean, like, and listen, I, I, I throw out my rankings. I'm not actually ranking anybody. I'm just discussing. Kyle's it's a the, structured the guy. conversation. It's a structured conversation. It's just too many great rushers, and there's too many variables. Like, we could say this guy's, the, the, this duo's not that great, and they could have a great year because they have a ton of leads 
or you know they fall There's so many variables the you got corners, great coverage behind safety, you yeah yeah come on so these guys are all great i'm like rob Lowe. i'm the rob Lowe. i, I find it hard duos. to believe you guys I just want the didn't I just, take khalil mack and joey bosa that's all I'm well gonna the say. problem is the only reason i didn't take them first in those is, powder blues the only the only reason i didn't take them first is because they, they both have kind of like not prove it years but they both know they want to they want to have big years like yeah. khalil hadn't had double digits in a couple years like, I think they're going to do it Can this year. Can you imagine year. him in a winning locker room? The spark oh. under him? Oh. oh, fuck, he's going to be hard to deal with. Love Khalil Mack. <laughs> Kyle and Chris, you guys were mentioning that vernacular that, like, the other lines use. Are you scouting that in advance? Like, are coaches telling you, like, what they might say? Yeah, so yes. we make it. Af- I, I make are it a, you afraid of being bluffed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I may get a text from the center for the Titans who says, when you're playing the Bills, you know, this guy will say this. This is what this is what we saw. Yeah, and then you got to see it, and you're like, "Fuck, that might have been true last week." But well, they didn't do any of that. We go, we go to the TV copy a lot, and we'll we'll try to like we watch end zone film, but then like if you're really detailed, you might say, "Hey, coach, give me the TV copy." Yeah, because the TV copy is going to give you the calls and the cadence, and, and the and the mic booms are so good <sighs> on NFL on Fox and CBS nowadays. Like they can pick anything up. You know how people go viral for you know hearing somebody say fuck on the sideline or something that you didn't plan on hearing? Well, we're looking for just the cadence, all that stuff, and not just the line calls, the slides, but also different angles that you can see different things happening on the TV copy. Like I can see quarterback hands better. You might be able to see somebody's eyes. They might zoom in on Kyle, and Kyle's fucking eyes are bugging out. You can out see looking. all six of my abs flexing. Yeah, exactly. Like, that could be and, my key. And, and then... And then I'm seeing Kyle look down, and I know that every time he looks down, or I saw that on TV, well, he's going to look down, and it's the be- that, I'm giving you the most basic answer, but there could be a double team there. Well, that's like Aaron Donald. Yeah. I was playing against Aaron Donald the game you were hurt. Yeah. I was playing right tackle, and obviously we had a ton of double teams on him in the run game planned. And I would look down at him pre-snap. I would be looking down. And after the play one time, we fucking – like this was – we didn't know that he was the best of all time at the time. So we were just like, not afraid, just going after him. What was the scouting report on him the first year? Probably just a freak show, great rusher, you know, yeah. plays hard. Just didn't know he was... Good leverage. <laughs> you just didn't know he was John Randall and uh, and, and, and Warren Sapp So we were baby. fearlessly trying to get Aaron Donald blocked. Yeah. And he was fearlessly combating it. Yeah. And we had, we beat you guys pretty handily. We did not beat him that yeah, day. Well, there, and he no. looked at me after a, in a TV timeout. He walked up to me and said... Hey, big guy. And I looked at him and he goes, every time you look at me before the play, I know you go double team me. And I looked at him and I was like, thanks, Aaron. <laughs> I, I, I walked back to the huddle and I was like, we got to stop looking at him, period. <laughs> I was like, just don't even look at them. Just don't even look at him. Just don't look at him, which is also a good strategy generally with Aaron Donald. Like just so avert your Shout eyes. out, you know. Shout out Aaron AD. Donald. D lineman do look it's at so what you funny do. sitting in a room and hearing a scout. I heard scouting reports on you a couple times. It's like funny to like get ready to play your brother. And I, you know, if anything negative was said, which there wasn't anything negative was said, I, I was ready to be like, What the fuck did you say about the guy we're about to play? He's really good at that. Yeah. Or yeah. like if you're playing a team, if you're not preparing for me, but there's a common film that you see from oh, like, yeah. Oh, that was 2015. Like, holy shit. Those what, are the best. If you, yeah, I, I throwback. Yep. So I, an interesting like conversation we'd have. Like more when I see it. the St. Louis Rams on film, yeah. I'm like, oh, you, hey rookies, Guys, do, you know, this. do you know what this is? The film is grainy, but Trey Smith's 50. like, Trey Smith's like, what year is this, man? <laughs> <It's> so old. <laughs> if you look back at our St. Louis film, it is so old. 
I do want to point out, um, hey, t- two and oh, had nothing to do with me, but it was good luck when I was out there in yeah. uniform. We were good luck. Yeah. Uh, oh, and I want to play for you the uh, the fight thing since we're talking about this is actually pretty funny. I was on a podcast yesterday. They asked me, tell me about playing your brother. The show is Rams Talk Radio. They're in the Blue Wire Network family. Great friends of ours. Go pop over to their page and hear Chris's interview from the other day. They did a deep dive on the Rams from the late 2000s. I really enjoyed it. I'll play people. The, the you know, people at home can hear what I said about the fight. My brother was a rookie. He looks he looks up to me. I'm his big brother. Like, you know, we're, we're boys. We're really tight. But especially at that point, as like a rookie, like, I was his big brother. And he wanted to have a good game. And there were so many people in town. And Kyle has a little bit different fuse than me. Like, my fuse runs long, you know, and then just, like, blows. Like, Kyle's fuse, when he was especially young, was, like, a really short one. And William Hayes is somebody that can kind of accelerate that combustion. And uh, Will knows that about Kyle. Like, I took Kyle with the D-line, coincidentally, the summer before his rookie year to Las Vegas. And we went to this pool party. We had a great weekend. He was, like, one of the guys. William Hayes and Kyle, super tight. Everybody cool. Fast forward to November. Coming in town. We got 50 people in town. It's the first time the brothers have played. This is an overhyped event. We don't even really line up, like, directly across from each other. But if we, if I stunt, I might have to deal with him. That sort of thing. But nonetheless, it's going to be high stakes. And by the end of the first quarter, Will has him so pissed off that he phys- like he just picks William Hayes up, who's one of the strongest people I've ever seen, throws him around like a rag doll. Like if you look up a video of like a bear fucking up a human, like that's <laughs> quite literally what it looked like in person. And uh, my friend, like I've never seen William go so like just lifeless. Like we just had to just hopefully the animal gets tired of it and walks away. But Kyle was just like pounding him with the turf and throwing him around. And I had to run off the sideline <laughs> to like, and people thought I was going to get Kyle because I, I cared or like, Save, I was trying to save Kyle from getting ejected because I didn't want dinner after the game to be so fucking somber with all those people. Because <laughs> after Kyle... Because Kyle gets to get on the team plane, right? And go home and lick his wounds. I got to sit at a funeral dinner. What for? We won, dude. Like, why is everybody so sad? It's because Kyle can't control his fucking temper. How did the fight go down in your eyes? So I think it was like a third and long. Yeah. We were midfield. Josh McCown was at quarterback. Yeah. I think he was coaching and teaching the week before, you know, and became our quarterback yeah. that week. Yeah. I think it was his first day on the job, like first yeah. game on the job. And obviously he's a seasoned vet. So we were really trying to protect him. Like coach said he can do his thing if we block for him. So we were getting it done. Well, we didn't block for him one time. There was a strip sack, maybe Robert, like strip sack or Probably something. 20. Like backside, nobody saw it coming, and the ball shot out 15 yards on the ground behind the quarterback. And I turned around, and obviously, I take off running towards the ball. And of course, standing next to me was William Hayes, who also saw the same thing I did. And yeah. he took off towards the football, and he said, "Well, I'm just going to eliminate one of their guys now." You know, which was me. He's going to yeah. block me. The heady play, which is a heady play. Now there's a there's a kosher way to do it, and there's a, you know not. For no lineman, you really have a lot of rules about the rules of engagement. There's halal and there's not halal. <laughs> and he, that day, he did some stuff that was against it the was book. Not halal. And he hit me in the back. Yeah. And 
And uh, I can't remember if I went immediately down or if I stumbled and caught myself and turned around. But he hit. It was a hit and run. It yeah. was a hit well, and that's run. What, well, so he hit me and he took off yeah. running towards the football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little did he know yeah, I could run pretty run good. <laughs> and I sprinted and I caught up to him. And before I like, you know, he didn't see me. I took my left hand on his left shoulder and peeled him back while he was running. So he was turned towards me. And now we're chest to chest moving <laughs> at like eight miles an hour. And I just buried him. Yeah. And I knew I couldn't just punch and stuff, right? Yeah. You can't just throw no, punches. You can't. So I'm like, I'm here now. What do I do? I have to do something, Macon. So I just go elbow digs to the throat. Elbow, <laughs> yeah. elbow yeah. digs, elbow. Like uh -huh. I'm kneading dough. Just. He was just. <laughs> and he's on the ground, I'm on top of him. So Chris sees this immediately. Probably when I first grabbed William and I started chasing him, Chris sprinted from the sideline, threw his helmet on, weaved through his own players, which oh, is yeah. a fine. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Pay that. Comes out, grabs the back. And meanwhile, all the Rams are trying to pull me off. I'm looking at it here, running back about 20 seconds. So, okay. So I, I run down the field. Me and William are getting into it. There's a melee. Chris runs off the sideline. That's the fastest I've ever looked. I mean, that's a five flat. And my own teammates are trying to pull me off. They can't. Roberto Garza's 40. Yeah, and but can deadlift Chris the tries world, to pull so. me off, and he pulls me off. And when he does... You see that jersey? My hands are no longer in the fight. So what do I do, Chris? I use my, my right leg. Yeah, you use your right leg. I kicked. Yeah, you kicked. I don't know if I connected. You probably connected with Will. And I think it's been almost but a decade. The fight was over. So now, like this, the the, me, me and Will are friends. Statue we, limitations on this bullshit is over. We talk on Facetime you know often. What? But the funniest thing in the world was that we were all cool. Like, <laughs> so I, I say this all the time. I said this on that podcast yesterday. We was in Vegas. The last worst week. part about it was two things that you should know. Number one, Kyle was going his rookie year. Uh, I decided to scoop him up, take him to Vegas with the D-line. Said, this would be a good time. Like, show Kyle what the NFL life's all about. Which it was. <laughs> Which it was. And uh, coincidentally, he carried me out of a party that day. Like, I was on a stretcher. I woke up at 1 in the morning in Vegas. And, and, and Kyle was staying with me at the wind, coincidentally. And I said, Kyle, where are we going tonight? The lights were all off, the whole thing. Chris, is one in the morning. Go back to bed. Mm. You passed out since 3 p.m. <laughs> so Kyle so Kyle was an integral part of that trip and was really cool. It was me, Kendall Langford, William Hayes, the whole group. We were buddies. It was like Kyle was one of us. And the next time we saw each other, it just went south. And it ended in William Hayes almost dying, dude. And so I thought that was really interesting. And also the fact that there were 50 people in town and I had to entertain all these motherfuckers after the game. We had the- <laughs> On like, Thanksgiving. It was like a wedding. Okay, like all the long boys get married, all that stuff. Congratulations, by the way, Kyle. Uh, but like, this was like the fourth wedding. It was Kyle coming to play Chris in St. Louis, his rookie year. Let's get everybody we know, invite him to St. Louis. And then after Kyle, by the grace of God, doesn't get ejected, I have to sit around the Ritz-Carlton with a bunch of mopey motherfuckers wondering if Kyle's tearing up the team plane. But before before any of this, I think there was a lot of laughs on the team plane, honestly. But Good. Before, but after the play, you know, we're all separated. 
I'm still on the field. I yeah. don't know how they haven't pulled me off. The yeah, field. well, Howie Long. So this it's like a TV timeout, essentially. Nepotism kicked in. And I'm uh, Howie Long's son out of the long bowl. Chris is looking across the line of scrimmage at me. He's like, "You dumb motherfucker." He's like, "That FedEx is coming," which means you're gonna get fined a lot of money. And I didn't know what the FedEx meant at first. I was like, <laughs> "This guy's sending me a bomb or what?" <laughs> like, he's like, "That fucking FedEx is coming," and I was like, "Yeah." I didn't even know what he was saying. Yeah. I was like, "Fuck you." Yeah, what's he gonna bring? And this then William Hayes. Dude. And then William Hayes was still on the field. He comes walking up behind Chris, and yeah. he goes, "Cow, what's up, man? We used to be boys. We was in Vegas." <laughs> he said, "We was in Vegas." What happened, Kyle? Yeah, like, like with just his palms still up. To wind you up. Palms up. He just he just took a beating, and he still was talking to you. He's a tough. He's tough SOB. and he's strong, but that doesn't day wear he gloves either. That, that day he wasn't so strong. Doesn't wear gloves. Does not wear gloves. That's why Trey, Trey Hendrickson's such an absolute menace. Yep. Guy just tapes his fingers like what, like <laughs> from the forties. Reggie White shit. Yeah. Um, all right. So that was that was. I so just, was my I story along the lines of what you said? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I didn't embellish it. I just said Kyle lost. He went shark eyes, and um, and uh, I had to go rescue him out of the pool, dude. Um, so you're welcome. I will bill you for that because I got fined for coming off the sideline. I think it was a million dollars. All right. So. Anyways. And those were all your family members you referred to as motherfuckers. No, right? no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> okay. No, I wouldn't do bunch that. Bunch of mopey motherfuckers. Mopey motherfuckers. No, it was a bunch of old, you know, it was people that was were that mom know, or dad? friends of the family. They were real friends, friends of the okay. family. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah. Fringy friends of the family. Some awkward. <laughs> Just awkward shit like. Oh, thanks for having right, us. Kyle, love you. I'm going to go watch our fight on SportsCenter. Thanks for having us, Howie and Diane. Yeah, thank, thanks so much. That was a lot of fun. Your house must have You want have been this jersey fun. back? Yeah. No, Kyle. I, I got to say, man, like... If it was, was 2022, y'all would have been canceled. That was... Hey, listen. You've come a long way as Big Brother from being so charged up, coming to play your bro, and all the guys you went to Vegas with, and you just wanted to kick ass that game and have a great game. Mm -hmm. And like three Pro Bowls later, 10 years later, like you're just... You're just... You've come a long way since brutalizing William Hayes at the Edward Jones. Thank film. you. We've had a good run. You've had a us. really good all run, man. You've had a really yeah. good run. Hey, this just in, Kyle, before we get to the mailbag. Oh, God. Tyreek Hill says new Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel sounds like Shrek. <laughs> yeah, Tyreek, Tyreek's amazing. <laughs> I, could do a, I could do an hour a week talk, just talking about Tyreek. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to see what all the hype was about. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. And it tastes great. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It kind of has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. I recommend it to the whole Greenlight crew especially Cowboy Reed. And now, everybody's feeling spry. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Athletic Greens is also a climate-neutral certified company. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash greenlight. 
Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash greenlight to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Let's go mailbag. Yeah, mailbag. You get it. Like, you get it. I, I'm good You're at acting like in the, I get in it. in the industry now. I'm good at acting like I get it. Just so you know, if you hear mailbag on anybody else's show, they stole it from us. Okay. This is from Mama Feels Good. Mm. What's the least prestigious position in, on an NFL team? Positional hierarchy. We got to take the kickers out. Kickers, though, are not. Like, Justin Tucker... Justin Tucker has the upward mobility of like a Saudi prince. I would say, and I hate to say this because I know a couple really great ones, long snapper. Really? Yeah. I, yeah, maybe so, but long snappers are among the most well-liked. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it, it just echoes the same sentiments. But. but the long snapper generally, but here's the deal. Long snappers are also now dudes that can play a super long time on one team. Like the longest. Pat Manley played 16 years. <laughs> exactly. Great job security. So chances are a long snapper's average age in the NFL is going to be older. So prestige points. So okay, goes back to I'm just prestigious. So Mama feels thing. good. <clears throat> Chris and I both have the same feelings about long I love snappers. You breaking the fourth wall too. I got to try that. What? Like breaking the fourth wall. You're talking to Mama. Yeah. feels good. Uh, I I had written down here and Charvarius me- Ward was a really great player who just got signed for a lot of money. Yeah. He plays defensive back. You guys probably don't know that. And that's why I think that defensive back. But prestige, are we defining prestige as fan like or, or like within the locker room? Because she's asking from an outside outsider perspective. So you're talking like rank. Yeah, like in the locker room. Like, And I was going to say, guard, give me two seconds. Yep. A guard that can't swing. I think that, guard that Quentin Nelson like is the biggest swinging dick in the Colts locker room, no and he plays guard no and question. not tackle. But you could find a corner that kind of runs the team, too. That's such an outlier. I haven't seen that. Quentin Nelson, Charles Woodson. But I haven't seen it. Right. I yeah. I saw Charles Tillman year 13 yeah. when he was laughing at yeah. our new coach. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see him run the team. But everybody's got prestige. Okay, maybe it's tight end, if we're being honest. Yeah, because there's ends, like five of them. They're very important. But like generally, I don't know. This is a good question. It's a really good question. I don't think anybody doesn't have Who prestige. is it not? Anybody in the locker room can have yeah. clout. It's just about being like Justin Tucker has clout. Okay, he's a kicker. But you just got to be like amazing at your job or have like that that personality that people are like, yeah, I fuck with this guy. So like long snappers, of, yeah, long snappers, punters, Johnny Hecker's got clout. Yeah, so there's not, Johnny Jones had clout in Philly. There's no strict concrete hierarchy, <clears throat> hierarchical blueprint no, to every not. locker room. The way I was thinking about it was like value in the market and like, and like how many people can I find that can do this job? You can swing, you can play tackle and guard, you can move up and down the line. But the, I do know that like a lot of times you might find that guards are easy to find on the street. It's easier to replace a guard than like, I don't know, a corner. You if you got to replace a corner, like that it's team hard. might be fucked. Yeah, you well, can find another guard. You know what I mean? Like, and this is no disrespect to O lineman because fuck the O line won a Super Bowl in Philly, and I'm sitting next to one of the best guards that played in the league during my time in the league. And you know, there are outliers, but generally, yeah. One thing I don't understand is why don't teams draft like guards and centers as early as other positions. They seem important to me from the outside, but 
you never last, see somebody projected top of the first round. Because you can get them deeper in the draft. The last time that that happened was the 2013 draft where there was a run on guards early, and that's the only reason why I became a first-round yeah, pick. Yeah, sick. A little... And if you go back and look at the 2013 draft, that is why they don't draft guards in the high first round. Creed Humphrey was a second-rounder, and he added better than first-round value to our team. It's just so funny because what this this question ends up being is just talking about positions. Just talking ball. Because because everybody can have clout. There's no position that automatically, you know, keeps you. But I think a more interesting conversation is what are the position groups that run the building? Huh. And D line, O line, D line, and the QB room. Depending on which one of those groups really is the better, that group runs the show. Otherwise. You, if you've got a leader like a dynamic like Dante Hightower linebacker, and he had the most clout to me in the in the room, and that was like a room full of awesome because he was just such a great leader. So to me, like the linebacker room was kind of like a big deal, and they had a linebacker room has to call a bunch of plays in 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 New England. Some defenses are more simple. I didn't need anything from Michael Kendricks, like as my boy, but yeah. I don't depend on him for anything. <laughs> By the time I was like my second month in New England. Like I was like a baby uh, bird in Dante Hightower's nest, mm-hmm. and I like depended on him for food. Like I was like, "Where's my call? Where's Dante Hightower?" He hit like, me so hard one that time. Need a heartbeat near him. I needed Dante Hightower. He separated my shoulder. He's like a coach on the field. Yeah, yeah, he's a bad motherfucker. Great question. Great mailbag question from Mama Feels Good. TM. Mama mailbag. Feel Good. Yeah. <laughs> this is from Harrison D. Hay. Kyle, who is your favorite local journalist who loves to attack private school football teams? Aside from his co-host? Yeah, okay, that was. I think that's what the question was. I think it was just. To, I get it. Because Macon. Yes, yeah. Macon, who's outside on a real estate call, or maybe and good for him. Obviously, the the writing stuff just. Yeah, the writing stuff. That's what this the the bashing. You know what's crazy? Bashing our football team in a high school. Like his career landed here, yeah, on this podcast. Yeah, that's funny. P. Bansel renamed teams with geographically inaccurate names, i.e., like the Lakers, the Jazz. It's funny. I got. I don't have much here. I. I really don't. I mean, uh, like and the I, New Orleans Hilltoppers, the Las Vegas Virgins. <laughs> you know, like Saints. everybody in Las, Las Vegas, Vegas has Saints. Sex. How about the the Kansas City Hills? Well, they do have some bluffs. They do. I live in I live in the the hilly region. It's very flat. Okay. The Washington yeah. Honests. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> the Honests. The, <laughs> the Honest Aves. Yeah. Okay. The Alabama progress. Okay, no, no, no. no. <laughs> that would be fucking good now. The Hollywood grown up lovers. <laughs> That's so bad. It's good. <laughs> the, C- the Seattle dry, dry guys. <laughs> uh, Virginia haters, no. not the lovers. Give me some more team names. The the Knicks. Yeah, what even is that? Yeah, that's the New York it. space. The New York the space. Silence. Just have it. <laughs> New York silence. That's good. This is your drill, dude. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. Keep naming teams. Yes. The Warriors. The Golden State oh. Warriors. The Golden State 
People with homes. Golden State, small government. <laughs> the Brooklyn Try Not Hards. A lot of hipsters. J.J. Reddick yeah. up there. Yeah, I was trying Tommy to think Alter of like... Tommy Alter J.J. Reddick up there. Tommy Alter. From yeah, that was TMC0211. A most niche reference Kyle and you, Chris, understand, and it's only funny to you two. I know. Bagel? Bagel. <laughs> Bagel. Yeah. Bagel. Con? <laughs> we play con sometimes, but but Bagel is a game. Well, it's not a game, but we just used to say Bagel all the time because my dad is the most pure-hearted person of all time. You know how like I'm so cynical if I say something that it all sounds sexual or something that sounds like you know, like uh, you know, nefarious in any way. My head's already there, so I, I'm like careful about saying it. My dad just doesn't think about things that aren't pure. And at like dinner, sometimes he would say something along the lines of what Rex Chapman said the other day. He like he'd say like the chicken's really moist or like this is so moist. Mm, that's or, wet. Yeah, like things like that. Or with a straight face. Yeah, like you know, one time there was a luxury suite that people were in and he was like it is so humid in this box it is moist in this box yeah. i mean like there's moisture in the box on the so, walls of the box so instead, <laughs> instead of saying that's what she said we just used to say bagel yeah. at the dinner table bagel. so if dad ever said something that you'd have to say that's what she said and we didn't want to get in trouble for saying that's what she said bagel we're laughing at dad we would endearingly say bagel. Now he's since realized what we're saying. Dad's evolved so much in that way that even re recently, I think he actually tapped me on the shoulder and was like, "Bagel," because somebody said something that was like a, an alley oop. Good but that's job, what she Dad. said. Hey, love you. Very good man. job. He's just such a pure, <laughs> pure-hearted person. This is from the Move Maker. Mm. What is the worst sibling combo in sports history? So Megan and I were talking about this earlier. He kind of brought up a good point. The Menendez brothers, when they sat courtside at the next After game. After they killed their parents. Yeah, that's the worst That's the worst uh, sibling combo in sports history. That's pretty bad. Try finding me a worse one. Somebody was going to say, like, the Morris twins. I'm willing to bet that there has... Nope, the Menendez brothers. I'm willing to bet that there has been, like, a hockey player internationally or something that has a twin brother, and they're both, like, terrible guys, and, yeah. they, and they play. And, the when, Valed, Valed and when the twins. one guy's not playing, he's out whacking people. Whacking people. Just whacking him off. And then he's whacking everybody off and his brother's doing the same thing in mm -hmm. hockey. Shift change. Menendez brothers. This is from La Flama Blanca 95. Yes. Oh. Are there more lightning or cattle in the world? This. The other day we were looking at some cows. And, this is uh, so good. I'm glad you wrote we this We were down. sitting there and Kyle said something along the lines of, there's so many cattle in the world. Or no, you were like, how many people a year you think get killed by cattle? And I said, yeah. a whole lot more than you think. And he was like, oh, that's interesting. Who do you think kills more people, lightning or cattle? Uh, and I said, probably cattle in a given year. Uh, but then the real kicker was, what do you think there's more of, lightning or cattle? Because I, I looked at Chris when we first had this conversation. I said, I said, I'm sure a lot of people get killed by cows, but there's more cows than there's lightning. And, and he was like, uh, he's like, oh. not so fast, my friend. Hey, there's another gift. How many cows are there in America? There's a lot. A lot of cattle. But One billion cattle. One billion head. So how many people are killed by cattle annually? About 22 in the United States. And how many people are killed by lightning? A lot 20. More. And lightning happens oh. 
But here's the deal. Far less. But lightning and less. cattle kill a ton of people in uh, in like other countries, I think. And there's about one big lightning. <laughs> it's a big radical <laughs> lightning and ballsy cattle. It's a well. Think about it. Like cattle are just running free, depending on you know where you go. Just everywhere. You yeah. Know, When's wait, the last time you saw a wild cow? Fucking last time I was out of the country, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't document lightning strikes in certain nations. Mm. We're really on top of that here. Just, I thought it was an interesting conversation yeah. and a question. Yeah, La Flava Blanca 95, thank it you made for the, the pod. Bag. It made the pod. Yeah, thank you. Great God job. Bless you. I just want to say this. I don't know if there's odds on the mass Singer and guessing the mass Singer, but I could be rich. I'm two for two. Now, Jordan Mylotta being thingamabob was a little bit chalkier, but I know that voice from anywhere. I did not have any inside knowledge. Joe Buck, Jordan... Joe Buck, that motherfucker. I texted him and was like, it's you. I know it's you. This was like two weeks before just to see like if he would bite. And he kept character so well, dude. He was just like, ha, ha, ha. Like, so he didn't confirm or deny it. So I'm two for two. I'll knock the next few down too. Maybe next show, I'll look and see who else is singing. Unfortunate news today. I'll get your quick reaction there's a fire at Invesco Field at Mile High Stadium in Denver. Looks like stands on fire in the upper deck. The fire started at the club level on the east side of Empower Field at Mile High and uh, kind of made its way up to the top. How do you think science plays into this fire? It's more dangerous than a normal fire at a stadium because the air is thinner, it's drier. Reed, would you say? Yeah. I, I mean, hope they get this thing under control. West, so. It's a lot of wildfires, exactly. I hope they, they get this thing under control. First ever stadium fire. Maybe something, it's probably just an electrical issue, maybe rats, but like it also could be climate change, guys. I'm just throwing that out there. Fucking Ted Cruz. We got stadiums catching on fire. And by the way, Denver, don't try to first stadium fire in history, this, this stadium fire, and, and I hope everybody's okay. Edward Jones Dome caught on fire first. Edward Jones Dome caught on fire. The fire was 2015. Big Ben and the Steelers came to town, standing there talking to Marcus Gilbert uh, before the game, and I smelled rubber pellets burning. And then the field caught on fire, and then we lost the game 12-7. So it wasn't like a field catches fire and the greatest show on turf like emerges from the smoke. Like it was literally a rock fight. So don't, Denver, don't do this. Don't try to be the first, don't try to capitalize off this. That was us first. It was the let Russ cook movement went a little too far. Unbelievable how good that joke is. Reed, like honestly. I'm sure I'm not the first. I, I did see it on Twitter. Okay, then that's the thing about jokes that really uh, speak to you. Uh, you know, everybody's speaking that language upstairs right now. Everybody's searching for that. The first thing I asked is, after I said, is everybody okay? I wondered, if there was a Sierra song that had to do with like fire. Is everybody okay, Reed, at that stadium? Everyone's cool. The fire's extinguished. Uh, it burned less than 1,000 square feet. It's going to be another fire when Russell Wilson walks into that motherfucker with his Aspen Dumb and Dumber Chic outfit. <laughs> and, and everybody's like, dude, this guy is so swaggy. Check out the Pendleton on this cat. The stadium's going to set fire again. Scary stuff. You know, but this is what we do. Like, as long as everybody's okay and the people who own the stadium have plenty of money, like, it's okay to, like, get the, the fire jokes off.
there's a chart somewhere. Is it okay to, to joke about this fire? Is it not okay? I think we check all the boxes with this fire. We can, we can do content. Read, I like your let Russ cook joke. Y'all take care. I'm